0: This is Ham College, Episode 41 for May 31st, 2018. Ham College is brought to you by ICOM. Spring is in the air, and it's time to check out ICOM's line of D-Star radios. And by hamstudy.org, a great way to study for your next license exam. evening welcome to another episode of ham college i'm professor thomas
1: and i'm dean martin
0: and it's uh, great to be back got another fun show for you tonight boy we started out with the bloopers right up front yeah i mean
1: so uh stay tuned for the end yeah we don't know how
0: it's going to end yet
1: but there'll be some bloopers on there for sure
0: yeah maybe we'll have a little buzzer action tonight it could be that's a good chance uh, we'll just have to see on that. Uh, what did we talk about last time, Tommy?
1: You know, that's a real good question.
0: Let me see if I can remember. Well, I covered that up where you couldn't remember. Yeah, yeah
1: I know I that. Think. You put it out of my eyesight, too. Uh, we had some uh, digital modes, and we talked about some HF antennas.
0: And we did. And, uh, you know, I think we're going to talk about some more digital modes tonight. Yeah, and probably some more HF antennas as well.
1: They're both good topics.
0: They are both uh, very good topics. There, we just got back from a a long trip. A very long trip. Uh, but mine was about a day longer than I had planned on. Yeah, we went to Dayton Hamvention, and uh, boy, always a great time there, and get to see a lot of. Uh, nice people, old friends, new friends, shake hands, kiss a few babies, you know, yeah, the whole nine yards It's a great there. time,
1: like always. Well, what? it was a little bit uncooperative through part of it, but uh, not so bad that it ruined the ham fest.
0: No, it didn't ruin the ham fest, that's for sure. First question here, and you can ask me this one. I don't okay. remember the answer, but you can ask me.
1: Okay. Under what circumstances are messages that are sent via digital modes exempt from Part 97 third-party rules that apply to other modes of communication? A, under no circumstances. B, when messages are encrypted. C, when messages are not encrypted.
0: D, when under automatic control. So Let's see, under what circumstances are messages that are sent via digital modes exempt from Part 97 third-party rules that apply to other modes of communication. Do you know, I don't think there's anything really in ham radio that uh, third parties are exempt from Part 97. So I don't think it's when it's under automatic control uh, it's not when messages are not encrypted. It's not when messages are encrypted, because you can't encrypt messages on amateur radio. Mm-hmm. So we know that's not right. I'm going to say it's under no circumstances. Tommy, what do you think?
1: I agree with that.
0: That Everybody's got that one right over in the chat room. I think that was a pretty simple one. Um, and so I lucked out on that, I believe. Let's see. Under no circumstances.
1: Oh, sorry. I was just trying to wipe my glasses (laughs) off so I could see.
0: Okay. Well, then let me ask you this one. We'll see how this goes. What will I try, but, you know, it's... (laughs) What is required to conduct communications with a digital station operating under automatic control outside the automatic control band segments? A, the station initiating the contact must be under
1: local or remote control. B, the interrogating transmission must be made by another automatically controlled station. C,
0: no third-party traffic may be transmitted.
1: Or D, the control operator of the interrogating station must hold an extra class license. Well, I'm going to read that question again to make sure I've got it.
0: Yeah, I'm glad um, I'm asking you.
1: Yeah, me too. Not, no, not me. No, I'm, um, any anytime, anytime when you're taking that test, if you don't fully understand the question, read over it and read over it again. Cause yeah. Because you, you've got time to do such as that. And do
0: the same thing to. with the answers, too. Yeah, yeah.
1: Absolutely. But it's required to conduct communications with a digital station operating under automatic control outside... The automatic control band segments. Station initiating the contact must be under local or remote control. Local remote. Interrogating transmission must be made by another automatically controlled station. That I don't believe that's I don't believe B is true. C the third party traffic no third party traffic may be transmitted. I don't believe that's true either. Or D, the control operator of the integrity must station must hold an extra class license. You don't have to have an extra class to do digital. So I think the the only logical answer is A. That in my mind, the A, the station initiating the contact must be under local or remote control. Which?
0: Yeah, that's what everybody's saying over in the chat room there. I I think you're probably right on that one. Let's find out. And you are right on that one. Okay. Okay. Well, next question.
1: Which of the following connectors would be a good choice for a serial data port? I uh, wish you get this one. A PL259,
0: B Type N,
1: C Type SMA,
0: or D DE9. I've never heard of a DE-9 connector.
1: I haven't either. I've heard of a DB-9, which would have been what I thought the answer would be.
0: Yep. I think it is. The answer is DB-9, and they've got a typo here in the question pool. Uh, it looks like someone would have caught that one, but I'm sure they eventually will. I'm going to say it's a D, a DB-9. Everyone over in the chat room is saying that. Let's find out. And it is is D DE9. DE9, or DB9 as we know it. This is a DB9 connector right here. I'm really too far away for you to see it, but uh, it's a pretty, uh, pretty common connector used with serial communications. This one's a 9-pin. Some of the old-school uh, serial ports used db25 connectors right
1: tom made a good point i mean also i mean it's got to be the de9 one because the others are antenna yeah they're all
0: rf type Mm -hmm. connectors so db9 what two devices in an amateur radio station might be connected using a usb interface a a computer and a transceiver
1: b microphone and transceiver
0: C, amplifier and antenna.
1: Or D, power supply and amplifier. And this one's mine, right? Mm hmm. Two devices might be connected using a USB interface. Well, power supply and amplifier are not going to be it. Uh, there's there's no, uh, that kind of current's not going to work. Go over USB. Amplifier and antenna is not going to be right either. No. A microphone and a transceiver? Uh, No. Your radio station and microphone does not hook up to the computer, typically. Uh, A, computer and transceiver. That's got to be the answer, A.
0: I'm going to agree with you, Tommy. And uh, that's what everyone's saying over in the chat room. Computer and transceiver. Yeah, so you... You know that is kind of a that is the correct answer, mm-hmm. but you know they make microphones now that have a USB connector on them.
1: They they do, but typically uh, you wouldn't normally you would hook Your radio yeah. would have the microphone hooked to it under most circumstances, and if yeah. you've got, unless you've got one of those uh, odd uh, software controlled ones. Yeah, uh, actually, I guess it still hooks to the to the radio. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so you hooked the computer and the transceiver together, so you can, so your computer can, can control the radio for your.
0: Yep. Okay. Well, then uh, hit me with this that one. Was interesting.
1: Which of these connector types is commonly used for audio signals in amateur radio stations? A. PL two fifty nine. B. B and C. C. RCA phono, R D
0: type in. Well, that's a that's a pretty easy one right there for me. Uh, we know PL two fifty nines are those uh, those like these right here in this bag, except they're usually not gold. That uh, used to connect your antenna with. We know a BNC connector is also an RF type of connector.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, type N connector is also a RF type yeah. connector. We haven't
1: talked about that one a lot, but. Uh,
0: yeah, I don't. Just a we little bit. Not very much. Yeah. But. So when we're talking about audio, whether it's ham radio or not, out of those choices there, it's always going to be that RCA phono. Mm-hmm. There's other types of audio connectors, but not in that list right there. So it's C. RCA phono, which uh, yeah.
1: and it says commonly used. And yeah. That that is very common.
0: Mm-hmm. Used in a lot of hi-fi gear as well. This is an RCA phono connector, real popular for for different kind of things. That now this may not only be used for audio. The you know some transceivers have a, a female RCA connector on the back. That's used for an external receiver input, mm-hmm. or, or different cases. But out of your choices there, if you want to send audio signal, this is the one you're going to grab is the RCA phono connector. And next question here: What is the general description of a DIN type connector? A a special connector for microwave interfacing.
1: B, a DC power connector rated for currents between 30 and 50 amperes.
0: C, a family of multiple circuit connections suitable for audio and control signals.
1: Or D, a special watertight connector for use in marine applications. Well, it's not D. It's not. It's not a watertight connector at all. No. Um. The. the A uh, DIN connector is the same uh, as your old school uh, PS, what what do they call them? Uh, Mic or uh, keyboard and mouse connectors. What were they called? PS2 connectors? connectors.
0: No. Well, that would be a mini DIN, I think.
1: Yeah, but it's still a DIN, but it's still that same style. Um, Anyway. um,
0: So you're saying it's this style right here?
1: Yes. That's exactly what I'm saying.
0: With pins on the inside?
1: Yep. Okay, it's, and it's not a connector for microwave interfacing or DC power connector. And it's not a good DC power connector either, really. Um, it's a family of multiple circuit connectors suitable for audio and control signals.
0: I'll agree with you. So no. usually,
1: normally they're hooked up like on the back of your rig and you would hook it up to your TNC some, or different things you're in the interface to your radio. There is some voltage on there and a ground and then several control signals. Yep. Receive audio, transmit audio, push the talk.
0: Yeah, it, you know, the, you can run multiple types of um, of signals through one of those and they generally do. Yeah, it's particularly in amateur radio. So it is C and everybody's uh, guessing that or are actually exclaiming that in the chat room and there's a den connector right there this one is a is a four pin model uh but they can have different numbers of pins in here it's kind of common you might see some six seven five pin ones some 13-pin 13 pin ones used on transceivers this is a four pin one i have no idea oh. where i got so. that from but in my drawer of parts up there that says den on it i've got about three or four of these
1: oh huh. no DIN idea why
0: interesting yep
1: you remember the little what they call ps2 the ones that were on the keyboard and the mouse ps2 ps2 connector yeah,
0: yeah they call it ps2 connector
1: but it is but uh, i a, think it's, it's a mini den yeah it's, it's still a is...
0: mini mm-hmm. mini den i believe is the term for it
1: okay how about this one Why is it important to know the duty cycle of the mode you're using when transmitting? A. To aid in tuning your transmitter.
0: B. Some modes have high duty cycles which could exceed the transmitter's average power rating.
1: C. To allow time for other stations to break in during a transmission.
0: Or D. All of these choices are correct. Why is it important to know the duty cycle of the mode you are using when transmitting? A, to aid in tuning your transmitter. No, I don't think that would be any help there. Uh, So we can rule out D as well. It's not all of these choices are correct. C, to allow time for other stations to break in during a transmission. No, knowing your duty cycle would not allow somebody else to break in your transmission. Nope. Yeah, so it's really B. Uh, Some modes have high duty cycles, which could exceed the transmitter's average power rating. And that is is very correct. You know, if you're using a mode like um, single sideband, you know, you've really only got a signal going out with modulation. Mm-hmm. and the uh, the higher the modulation, the more signal goes out there uh in between words, no signal, but if you transmit it in a mode like a m which has a continuous duty cycle, it's always sending a carrier regardless of your modulation so it's uh it's going to heat up your transmitter a lot more mm-hmm. or your amplifier or your power supply uh digital modes. You know, you can run into the same thing with. So it it is good to know the duty cycle and know how hard you're pushing your gear mm-hmm. when you're using it. So, B. And everybody got that one in the chat room tonight. Apparently, these must- questions are a lot easier than I thought they were. Yeah,
1: it must be easy night because I think most everybody's got everything right on here. Though I don't recall seeing any of that weren't.
0: No, I don't either. Well, let's try them with this one. All right. Which communication system sometimes uses the internet to transfer messages? Is it A, WinLink?
1: B, RIDI? C, Aries? Or D, Skywarn? Well, the answer, I'm going to go right on straight for the throat here, and the answer is going to be A. <laughs> a wind link Um, although I do know at least I'm pretty sure I do that Skywarn (coughs) uses the internet to pass their weather messages back and forth to the weather weather station or to the weather center Um, but I don't think that's the intention here so the answer's got to be a wind link so that's kind of like an echo linkage type thing although I've never actually used it
0: is it voice,
1: Winlink? I believe so, I, oh, I, but I'm not actually sure. I, I've never used it.
0: I don't think it is. Um, probably someone over in the chat room there can explain. I'm on sure on they that. will. I have never used it either. I think it's for passing data type of traffic. But uh, uh, Tom says close enough. Yeah, messages are, as in more text based, such as emails, etc. Yeah, well everybody's saying A. We did have one B in there. But um yeah, I'll agree it's A, I think.
1: I really ought to play around with that windlink link stuff some. That's something uh something you have control with. I haven't I've just never really used it. Yeah. Have you? No, I have not. Have not. Many years as I've been in this hobby, there's still a lot of things to uh to explore and do. That's what's kinda cool about it. Which of the following is a way to establish contact with the Digital Messaging System Gateway Station? A. Send an email to the system control operator.
0: B. Send QRL in Morse code.
1: C. Respond when the station broadcasts its SSID.
0: Or D. Transmit a connect message on the station's published frequency. Hmm. Which of the following is a way to establish contact with a digital messaging system gateway station? Send an email to the station control operator. No, I don't think that's it, because that uh, you know,
1: (laughs) they couldn't really use a radio.
0: Yeah. Send QRL in Morse code. No, I don't think a digital messaging system is going to be listening for Morse code. Respond when the station broadcasts its SSID.
1: Just like Wi-Fi.
0: Like Wi-Fi. Respond with what? Um, No, I don't think that's it. D, transmit a connect message on the station's published frequency. That kind of makes sense, I think. You tell it you want to connect. Everybody over in the chat room is saying D, so... Let's see. Transmit a connect message on the station's public uh, published frequency. So we got that one. I'll tell you what, Tommy. Why don't we take a break here for just a moment? Come okay. right back. And uh, we've got some more of these to go yet.
1: All right. It's just starting to get fun.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Spring is in the air. Check out ICOM's line of D-Star radios. ICOM offers a variety of high-performance and innovative products, and you can stay connected around the world with ICOM's D-Star radios. ICOM's newest D-Star handheld is ready for the season ahead. Lightweight, compact, and tough, the new ID31A Plus is a great choice for any shack or those in harsh environments. 70 centimeters, analog and digital, terminal mode access point mode and its IPX waterproof rating. The ICOM ID51A plus two provides extended D Star coverage allowing you to listen to whatever you want. Terminal and access mode, send and receive text messages and pictures, DV fast data mode, and easy FM repeater setting. The compact and user friendly ID forty one hundred A is a D Star mobile with big rig features. Its intuitive interface variety of operating modes and Bluetooth capability make this the preferred DSTAR option for those on the go. Integrated GPS receiver, new dot matrix display for enhanced DR mode and GPS information, terminal mode and access point mode, applications for iOS and Android devices, and there's a microSD card slot for voice and data storage. ICOM's ID5100A has taken innovation and mobility to the next level. With its touchscreen and internal GPS, this radio is a must-have while assessing a situation. 5.5-inch display responds naturally to the touch. DVDV dv Dual Watch receives both FM-FM and FM-DV modes simultaneously. VS-3 Bluetooth headset provides hands-free communications, and you can show your position, course, and speed with the integrated GPS receiver. Learn more about D-Star today. Visit icomamerica.com slash amateur. And thanks, ICOM, for sponsoring Ham College.
1: And thanks, I can for this shirt, or I'd be sitting here probably without one on tonight.
0: Yep. And thanks, VE3MIC, for this shirt. Yeah. Or or I'd probably be wearing a different one. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, your shirt there, I've got one right here, Tommy. You
1: sure do. Uh, you know, all this time I said I didn't have one, I, I got... A replacement so I'm good to go now
0: and you know I looked in my closet for mine the other day and could not find it so, so I think don't
1: look at the back of this. yeah
0: I think somehow you ended up with mine but I've also got an icon ball cap here nice nice as well and I'm thinking we should give these away I think
1: we should and uh, I just so happen to have a winner right here you do I well do. how did they win well, he actually won. It's really easy. Anybody can enter. All you've got to do is send an email to hamcollege at amateurlogic.tv. Just give us your name. That's all you got to have is a mm-hmm. name and an email address and a random number. And and you well you get one of those assigned to you. There you go.
0: Don't even have to. So you don't even have to pick one. one. Yeah. So yeah,
1: send. So do that and get your name in the drawing. And uh, we've been asked a couple times if. If you have to enter every month, and you do have to enter every month because we clear out that list yeah. after each drawing and keep only the winner.
0: Yeah, and to be kosher with the folks in, in Europe, we don't collect any of this information. Yeah. So it, all those emails you've been getting about how we use the data, we, we don't. We don't.
1: This is uh, this is it. Yep. We use it to send it to ICOM and then it's gone. Yep. So and we don't keep any of it. So Mm-mm. anyway, uh, send it in and uh, and get your name on the list for next month for the drawing. And let's see who won this time, shall we? Yeah, it uh, looks like we're, the winner is Mo KJ2 JDM. Congratulations, Mo. Yeah, congratulations, Mo. What's his What's his full name there, Tommy? <laughs> you were gonna do that. His His full name is uh, Joseph. Uh, apparently you must pronounce it Mo. Yeah. It must be French. It ends with an X. Yeah. Or in, could in be A U X. I probably gotta butcher it up. Could be Louisiana. And, Same thing.
0: Yeah. They they end a lot of words with A U X, so
1: yeah. could be. So anyway, congratulations. Right. You'll be hearing from ICOM yep. pretty pretty quick about that.
0: Matter of fact, I sent uh, a message. To uh, the guy at ICOM earlier today, and said, "Hey, why don't you send one of these prize packages to Mo? He deserves it. He does deserve it." All right. Thanks for watching, Mo, and everyone else out there, and Ham College at AmateurLogic.tv. You could be next lucky winner. How can a pactor modem or controller be used to determine if the channel? Is in use by other PACTOR stations. A. Unplug the data connector temporarily and see if the channel busy indicator is turned off.
1: Go ahead and get that buzzer ready while I'm reading this one. Okay. B. Put the modem or controller in a mode which allows monitoring communications without a connection.
0: B. Transmit UI packets several times and wait to see if there is a response from another PACTOR
1: station. Or D send the message. Is this frequency in use?
0: They're split in the chat room, Tommy. Are they? Yep. Well, that's okay. Well mixed I, in so there. am
1: I. Yep. I'm pretty well mixed too. I do, I've never used that. How can a Pack Tour modem or controller be used to determine if the channel is in use by other Pack stations? So, my first hunch is: What do you do when you when you key the mic and check if it's in use? You ask, right? Is this frequency in use? Mm-hmm. So that's that's first of all, that's my first hunch. So let's go on through with the rest of them since that's the one that caught my eye first. I'll just work backwards. See transmit UI packets several times. See if there's a response from another pack tour station. I don't that does I don't think that's right. Put the modem or controller in a mode which allows monitoring communications without a connection. So I guess that would be essentially like pushing the squelch button on your... Unplug the data connector temporarily to see if the channel busy indicator is turned off. So that A is not going to be right, and I don't think C is going to be right, so that brings me down to D or B. B put the modem controller in a mode which allows monitoring communications without a connection. If I knew more about PACTOR, how can the PACTOR modem or controller be used to determine if it's in use? the mode or controller be used oh
0: this is tough (laughs) it is like say they're mixed in the chat room
1: over there I want to say it's deep but that just seems too easy I'm am going to stick with D, I guess. I don't I don't know the answer to it. Uh, I I'm going to guess at D. That's probably not right. Uh I, I just I, have a funny feeling this. I think
0: you're probably right. It's not right. Yeah.
1: <laughs> mm.
0: Yep. <laughs> um, did
1: you know the answer?
0: I did know the answer,
1: well, the but one, only
0: the, because I had kind of studied over this when I was. Uh Oh. Because I'm about to explain something about Pactor here in a minute, and I have to at least have some background to be able to do that. Uh, But yeah, it's uh, B put the modem or controller in a mode which allows monitoring communications without a connection. Uh, Boy, don't feel bad. You know, we had uh, practically every one of the options guessed there in the chat room. How do you join a contact between two stations using a Pactor protocol or using the Pactor Protocol? A. Send broadcast packets containing your call sign while in monitor mode. Alright. I'm going to say that's not the answer because you can't send anything when you're monitoring. You're you're listening, you're not transmitting. Uh, so it's not A. B. Transmit a steady carrier until the PACTOR protocol times out and disconnects. You're going to make a lot of friends if you do that. You'll be a real popular guy.
1: (laughs) Uh, They'll all know your call sign. No,
0: I don't think it's a key-down contest, you know. Uh, That is not the right answer there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Look down there at D. Send a NAC response continuously so that the sending station has to pause. No, that doesn't sound like a good neighbor either, does nope. it? No. Or C, joining an existing contact is not possible. Pactor connections are limited to two stations.
1: I'm a, that's one I think I'm going to guess. Well, I see the chat rooms pick that one a lot, That's, too. that's
0: what everyone over there said. So uh, I, that's what I'm going to say. It is C. Joining an existing contact is not possible. Backdoor connections are limited to two stations. Yeah. Okay, maybe we should talk a moment about uh, how
1: that works. That would be good because I'm going to go look it up after we leave here. You can still do that. Yeah, and I, and I probably will, but it's it's been so long since I took my test with that stuff on it. Mm-hmm. I don't even remember that being on there, although I'm sure it was. Uh,
0: yeah, it's been so long. I don't remember either. But uh, let's let's talk about a thing. Oh, I don't know. Maybe we would call it handshaking. Mm-hmm. Or I, I'm not sure if that's the right term to use here. But yeah, I'm gonna I'm, I'll use the term handshaking. You know, there's there's different kinds of methods of transferring data. Like, uh, well, let's take for instance uh, PSK31, a mode that's real popular on digital right now, on HF. If I make a PSK31 transmission. Everybody that's out there listening is going to receive it the same. You know, everybody who's monitoring will receive my my transmission. They might miss a word here or there, you know, if the signal fades out or something like mm-hmm. that. You know, because it's uh, if you think about, uh, well, communications over the Internet, think of it like the UDP protocol. You're just sending data out, mm-hmm. and whoever captures it, you know, captures it. Whatever they get, they can decode. All right. Um, now, Paktor, uh, using sort of a handshaking protocol there, is like making a connection. It would be like, uh, like an HTTP connection, uh-huh. you know, on a, on a network. In other words, I have to tell you, hey, Tommy, I'm going to talk to you. And I'm going to to ignore everything else out there. And if I ask you a question and I don't hear your complete answer, I'm going to keep asking you and you keep telling me until we finally get it all passed across. So we've made a connection to where, um, you know, uh, well, like a telephone, I grab a telephone, I dial Tommy's number, I'm talking to Tommy, Mm -hmm. you know. And if I don't, if I don't hear everything he said, I ask him again, and he repeats it. That's one way of doing it. If I'm at a football field and I pick up a microphone and talk on the PA system, I'm only going to say it once. You either heard me or you didn't. But everybody, you know, I, I broadcast it out to everybody. So PACTOR is a protocol that uses a, a type of handshaking that you got to acknowledge that, uh, you know, I'll send you a token to request, and you say, okay, uh, or request to connect. You say, okay, we'll, we'll connect, and then I'll uh, say, uh, I'll tell you something, and I'll send you, say, maybe a checksum, and then you will, will read what I just said, and you'll send me a, a checksum back, and if the numbers match up, well, then I know that you got my message. And and vice versa. So, um, you're getting more or less. Um, you're making sure that a hundred percent of the message yeah
1: gets same, back same, and forth. Same same uh, basic mechanism mm-hmm. as doing a file transfer.
0: Yeah, and uh, packet radio mm-hmm. w- works like that. You're not just throwing the packets out there and hoping they get to where they're going. You're waiting for the other station to answer and acknowledge. And confirm what you sent right and if they don't you'll send it again well that's not real handy for doing things like Uh rag-chewing you know or just just holding a conversation Uh, because it's okay if maybe you know there's a little fade or you lose a syllable or you know something every now and then or there's a static crash really doesn't matter you know, you got the gist of, of what they were saying. Well, if everything had to get through exactly perfect every time, it would just take a whole lot longer right? to get that through. So that's, that's my explanation. I'm sticking to it.
1: That makes good sense. Yeah.
0: That's all the digital fun we're going to have for tonight. We're going to come back and talk some more about HF antennas, though, because there's a lot more we can talk about there. All right.
2: Don't forget to visit our refreshment center during the intermission or any time. You love the tasty array of snacks we have to offer. So will the youngsters. Everything is quality and Mm. mm, so good.
0: Are you new to the ham world or an existing amateur operator who wants to take your license to the next level? Study for your radio license exam at hamstudy.org. Hamstudy.org is a free online learning tool powered by iCom. It was created by Richard Bateman, KD7BBC, Michael Stufflebeam, KV9G, and Rich Porter, KK6GKE, and it uses a modern web design to enhance the experience of studying for your technician, general, and amateur extra exams. Since 2013, HamStudy.org has helped new and existing hams to familiarize himself with the question pools, Use stats-based flashcards to focus on material they need to learn and take practice exams to gauge progress. Visit hamstudy.org on your desktop computer or mobile device. Register for a free account at hamstudy.org to access personalized study history and other site features. Prepare for an exam in an intuitive and comprehensive manner. Check out hamstudy.org. Powered by ICOM for free learning tools. Good luck on your next exam.
2: Last year, we asked our competition to pick the best personal computer based on price and memory. They all chose the Commodore 64. With all the changes in the computer industry, we thought we'd better check again. The new IBM personal computer chose the Commodore 64. The new Apple IIe chose the Commodore 64. The more things change, the more things stay the same. Trade in your home computer or video game now and save $100 on a Commodore 64. A blast of air is powerful fun. And now the most powerful force in the world, wind power, is inside Whammo's air blaster. Unbelievable, but true. You blast out the air and the target breaks up. Draw in the wind with the air compression lever and blow out candles across the room. It's invisible, this magic power to surprise, to tease. Yes, the air blaster is fun for all the family. It makes you laugh and love it. You have the power of the wind in your own hands. The amazing power to hit any target up to 40 feet away safely, accurately, with free ammunition, invisible air. Whammo's air blaster was invented to delight your friends in a thousand ways. And with your air blaster, you get this gorilla target and four weird monster targets. Own an air blaster and you own the power of the wind. Get your hurricane gun, the mighty, the astonishing air blaster. Sold everywhere for the fun of it. by whammo. Dick Smith Electronics viewers IQ like test. What a clever dick. Would you rather pay telecom $40 rent for an extension phone you'll never own? Or just $19.95 for a Dick Smith color phone? Would you rather miss important calls in the garden? Or pay $15.95 for this telephone extension bell? Buy a phone and an answering machine? Or pay $269 for both in one handy unit at Dick Smith? What a clever dick!
0: So, what is the radiation pattern of a dipole antenna in free space in the plane of the conductor? Is it A, it's a figure eight at right angles to the antenna?
1: B, it's a figure eight off both ends of the antenna?
0: C, it's a circle, equal radiation in all
1: directions? Or D, it has a pair of lobes on one side of the antenna and a single lobe on the other side. The radiation and radiation pattern of a dipole antenna in free space in the plane of the antenna. Of the conductor, of, um, yeah, of the conductor. I think it's going to be a figure eight at the right angles to the antenna.
0: According to the chat room, it's either A, B, or C. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: It's a good R D.
0: There's a D in there. Yeah. So you you, you I'm get... gonna go with A. You're gonna go with A. Okay.
1: figure A. The... Yeah.
0: All right. I'm gonna agree with you. I think that's right. Let's see if we're right. And we are.
1: That is lucky.
0: That is a lucky break, isn't it?
1: Too bad we don't have the lottery here. You go buy a ticket tonight.
0: on the way home well let's look a little closer at that one and see if we can uh, do some splaining here our antenna is sitting here this will be a half-wave dipole which way does the radiation go is it is it off the ends here or is it off either side at a 90 degree angle
1: no i think it's going to be
0: at a 90 degree angle so you're saying it's a figure eight Sort of like that.
1: Oh, no, it's exactly like that.
0: Exactly like that. Yeah,
1: it's even got the little...
0: <laughs> it's got the defect right here in the yeah. middle. Yeah, that's it. So that's the way it is. The, the radiation comes off the sides of the wire there, not off the ends.
1: How does antenna height affect the horizontal azimuthal, azimuthal? radiation pattern of a horizontal dipole HF antenna? A. If the antenna is too high, the pattern becomes unpredictable. B.
0: Antenna height has no effect on the pattern.
1: C. If the antenna is less than a half wavelength high, the azimuth pattern, well, I get the ones that have azimuth in them, pattern is almost omnidirectional.
0: Or D. If the antenna is less than a half wavelength high, Radiation off the ends of the wire is eliminated.
1: Oh, I think I might even know the answer to this one. Maybe I'm going
0: to have to go over these again. How does antenna height affect the horizontal azimuthal radiation pattern of a horizontal dipole antenna? A, if the antenna is too high, the pattern becomes unpredictable. No, I think the pattern is going to remain predictable, so that's not the answer. B, antenna height has no effect on the pattern. We know that's not true either, the height of no, the antenna. we've talked
1: about that for the last yep. couple of months.
0: Definitely has an effect on the pattern. C, if the antenna is less than one-half wavelength high, the azimuthal pattern is almost omnidirectional. Hmm. Or D, if the antenna is less than a half wavelength high, Radiation off the ends of the wire is eliminated. I don't think that's it. I think it's C. But I reserve the right to be wrong. That's always a good point. Or the wrong to be right. (laughs) If the antenna is less than a half wavelength high, the azimuthal pattern is almost omnidirectional. Next one here. What is near-vertical incident sky wave NVIS propagation. Is it A, propagation near the MUF, MUF?
1: <laughs> B, short distance MF or HF propagation using high elevation angles.
0: D, long path HF propagation at sunrise and sunset.
1: Or D, double hot propagation near the LUF propagation near maximum usable frequency no short distance or eight air mean frequency or high frequency propagation using high elevation angles it's gonna be it's gonna be uh b short distance using high elevation angles because near vertical instant sky wave propagation or n v i s is basically where your signal goes up, it comes back down in a fairly short distance.
0: Okay. So you're saying it's I'm gonna say it's B. It's B. Now we've got a good many Bs over there in the chat room. Most of them are Bs, let's see. And and that would have been my answer too. Short distance M F and HF propagation using high elevation angles. Uh we'll we'll talk more about elevation angles and just a moment
1: get some more art
0: if you can call it that (laughs) (laughs) i think we need to have art class (laughs) okay you can ask me this one
1: okay i was just checking the chat room see what kind of hijinks are going on what does the term nvis mean as related to antennas a nearly vertical inductance system
0: b non-varying indicated swr
1: c non-varying impedance smoothing or d near vertical incident sky wave well that's a little unfair (laughs) (laughs) why would you say that because the answer was (laughs) in the previous question
0: oh my (laughs) well i I
1: I know this is rigged
0: yeah it, Nvis means near vertical incident sky wave. <laughs> it's D there. Uh, what else can I say? That's the answer for it. When we talk about Nvis, is related to an antenna. We're talking about shooting that signal straight up and bouncing it straight back down. Near yeah, vertical, nearly, nearly. Near vertical incident. So, uh, let's see. Yep.
1: Nice near job. Vertical incident you nailed sky that one. Wing.
0: You know, I thought (laughs) it was really tough there. I didn't know if I was going to make it. (laughs) Okay, well, I'll ask you this one then.
1: Uh, I hope it's one that just had the answer.
0: Which of the following is an advantage of an NVIS antenna? A, low vertical angle radiation for working stations out to ranges of several thousand kilometers.
1: B, high vertical angle radiation for working stations within a radius of a few hundred kilometers. B, high
0: forward gain.
1: D, all of these choices are correct. Okay, D is not correct. That makes a uh, high forward gain is not correct. So high vertical, low, okay, low angle radiation for working stations. That's not it. We just said it was high angle The answer is B, high vertical angle radiation for working stations within a radius of a few hundred kilometers. The other one says A, a low vertical, so you know that's not it. We just said.
0: Yeah, so we're seeing everybody over in the chat room say it's B. I'll agree with that as well. High vertical angle radiation for working stations within a radius of a few hundred kilometers.
1: Or I kilometers. Right. Mine did have the answer in the previous yep. question.
0: Yep. Okay, we got one question left to go. Really? And just to show you how nice a guy I am, you can ask me this one.
1: All right. At what height above ground is an NVIS antenna typically installed? A. As close to one-half wavelength as possible.
0: B as close to one wavelength as possible
1: c yeah. height is not critical as long as it is as it is significantly more than half wavelength.
0: yeah d between one-tenth and one-quarter wavelength okay What height above ground is an nvis antenna typically installed okay as close to a half wavelength as possible nope B, as close to one wavelength as possible. Nope. C, height is not critical as long as it is significantly more than one-half wavelength. Nope. D, between one-tenth and one-quarter wavelength. And that's your answer right there. It's D. Looks like everybody, uh, well, most everybody got that over in the chat room there. Let's see. Do you agree
1: with me? Mm Mm-hmm
0: yep it's d between one tenth and one quarter wavelength now I think we've got a little splaining to do on that one which uh
1: all right it's art which
0: kind of works out
1: show and tell
0: yep so let me try to go back over here and uh we'll get that pointy stick out again
1: when we get the let me push you leaves and stuff out of the way.
0: If you would, yeah. <laughs> First, let's look down here. We got the ground down here around the bottom, and it's it's a little rocky there. It's not not real stable. All right, if we put our antenna up here, that's
1: that's like the high the highways in Dallas.
0: Let's say if it's uh we're down at one tenth of a wavelength high. It's a high angle of radiation. The RF is going to go straight up. And it's gonna bounce straight back down. So people close in are gonna be able to hear you because you're you're bouncing your signal right back in the area where you're at. Now let's say that we raise that antenna up some. Let's uh let's raise it on up to say uh quarter wavelength. The antenna is right here. Okay. All right. The pattern we're gonna get off of that is still um it, it's kinda go gonna be semi-high. It's it's gonna be more or less sort of like a circle right there and uh there will be some radiation off toward the sides there. So uh being lower angle our signal is gonna travel out farther and then bounce back down. So we'll get a little further communications with that. That's a, you know, around a quarter wavelength there. I'm gonna erase all that, and we'll just say this is a half wavelength high right here. We're gonna kind of get two lobes coming off of that uh one is kind of kind of come like in this direction, the other one is gonna kind of go like in that direction, so here we're not uh we're not really bouncing anything straight up or down uh so people in close. Uh, are not really going to get much of a signal off of us. But since our lobes are out there going to the side, that means our signal is going to go out farther, and then it's going to bounce back to Earth out farther. Mm -hmm. So that means um, we're talking farther. We're we're not really trying to talk to people close in. By putting that antenna at least a half wavelength, uh, boy, that is ugly, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It is. <laughs> yeah, it's the best I can do, man. I am not an artist. And I think the no, stick you're in the not. dirt.
1: <laughs> you're right.
0: Yeah. So anyway, that's kind of what the pattern looks like. All right. Now let's say if this was, um, if we put this antenna full wavelength above the ground there.
1: Who can do that?
0: Yeah. I don't. Is that how we? I can't even draw the symbol full wavelength, man. I think I need to quit. All right, let's say this is my antenna, <laughs> <laughs> except it's straight. All right, on a full wavelength, we're going to have sort of like four lobes coming off of that antenna. So now our signal, we've got some of it that's going to go out even further. And bounce back down. So now we're really getting much longer path signal off of that. Yeah. So the height definitely makes a difference on where your radiation's going.
1: You know what this does? This makes you want to go home and raise up my antenna some more if I had a way to do it. Yeah. That's pretty interesting stuff.
0: Yeah, so the height of your antenna has a big difference over your angle of radiation. <sighs>
1: somebody said nbc peacock
0: you know i told you that earlier uh-huh. i thought that looked like the nbc peacock you must yeah. have been right that's not at all what i intended for it to look like either but that's a good, good antenna design high angle of radiation goes straight up bounces straight back down low angle of radiation goes out farther bounces down farther so you're going to talk farther Height is everything. NVIS antenna, you're going to mount that one close to the ground so that all of it goes up and comes straight back down.
1: Which is mostly my situation.
0: Yeah, it's kind of somewhat mine, too. Raise it up. You're going to go out farther, but you're not going to be quite as good to the folks close to you. So if you're tired of hearing those DX stations and people far off, lay your antenna on the ground or, <laughs> or just above it. And... uh Take care of that. Also, we're not—we're not. Well, I shouldn't even muddy the waters. We'll probably be covering a vertical in mm-hmm. the future. But yeah, we will. Yeah, there are some, some, some different takeoff angles for it as well. So, Tommy, I think we have—we've uh, pretty much got a whole show here. Only one buzzer. Only one.
1: That is true. And that was for me.
0: Yep. And might I say we're mighty proud that you got that buzzer instead of me. Yeah? Yeah.
1: I was rooting for you, though.
0: I know you were, man. I, I appreciate, you know, your support. <laughs> <laughs> well, sp- speaking of shirts. Yeah. What if you needed some nice wardrobe? and well, We know how to get the ham crew shirt there.
1: Well, you can get some... Uh amateur logic and ham college this is ham college after all mm-hmm. uh shirts and, and hats and so forth from amateurlogic.spreadshirt.com you can go get all the cool swag there and uh, be looking sharp at your next ham fest you sure will and we by the way we did see quite a few people wearing s- shirts we and did. stuff at and hats at uh Dayton Hamvention this uh, past week when we were there. We sure
0: did. As a matter of fact, we took some photos with a few of them. And yeah.
1: So we'll we'll show a few of those on the next mm-hmm. Amateur Logic.
0: Um, if you want a Hawkins Middle School AV Club shirt, then you need to send your request to ve 3 mic No, Mike. Sorry to set you up there. where you, you get those from? I don't. Know, he'd probably find them on the internet. Yeah,
1: but they're they're pretty cool though. Yeah.
0: Another thing I want to mention about um, hamvention before we go, I was really surprised this year at how many folks commented about ham college. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Me too. A lot of people said how much they really enjoyed it. Yeah. Even even longtime hams like ourselves. Yeah. Uh, like to get on here, and watch and and have a refresher and stuff. Try to answer the questions. Mm-hmm. See how much you remember. But uh, yeah, it was a really great response.
0: Yeah, Yeah. Kind of surprising. We hoped that we would make a lot of new hams with this show, and we have been making a lot. But we've been making a lot of old hams with it, too. Yeah? Apparently.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's Uh, uh, it's pretty fun.
0: Actually, it's good to to go over these questions again and review all the things you forgot.
1: Yeah, I enjoy it, honestly. And I enjoy... You know, we, we have these questions, but I don't really go study them. Uh, a few out times, like we've said, we'll have to look them up when we're doing a topic. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of fun to try to see how much you remember.
0: We've got Field Day coming up next month. Yeah. That's going to be a fun event. For, uh,
1: I hope the weather pattern changes.
0: You know, for you non-hams watching this, if you don't know what Field Day is, do a little search on the Internet. Uh, field Day is a, a really fun activity. And we're looking forward to it. As a matter of fact, I got a new antenna right up there in a box. I'm looking forward to to us using it field day this year.
1: Yeah, that should be good. Yeah. Right now we're in a wetter wetter pattern.
0: Wetter pattern? Yeah, a wetter
1: weather pattern.
0: We need the drizzle guard.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's been raining pretty much every day. It's already had two thunderstorms today. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. hopefully that's going to be passed by then.
0: And the night's still young.
1: And the night's still Yeah, no (laughs) kidding. It could be another one.
0: Yep. Thanks for being here, everyone. Uh, Great to have you along. And, uh, you know, at Ham College, we don't give any homework, but you'd probably be better off if you did some anyway.
1: Oh, you would. You would. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I always go refer your study guide yourself Mm -hmm. and study some more as well. Yep. 73, everybody. We'll see you next time.
0: 73. is the most observant person in the chat room, I think. Yeah. Why Much, do you think I said that? Because you saw the sign change. Look, <laughs> <laughs> we're going to show you how we do that. That is not a digital effect there. That's a real sign. Tell them a few things that you saw this year Stall. Stall? That's what oh, I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. Okay.